As you can see from our conversation last week on compensation, is it's a difficult, challenging topic. And Joyce and I very quickly said, hey, we're not the experts on this. So guess what? Today, we are so fortunate to have a person who both Joyce and I work with, who we regard as an expert on compensation, among some other things. So his name is Mike Strout. He's been the head of HR in the supermarket industry with Tops in New York and Hannaford Brothers. Let's get right to it. Come on in, grab a snack, welcome. Hey, Bobby. Hey, Joyce. <laughs> what an exciting show we have today. This is going to be a great show. <laughs> Not because of you and I. <laughs> no, thank goodness. We have to bring in more people. Um, we have with us today Mike Strout, who was our boss, who was the HRVP, uh, SVP, big honcho at Hannaford and um, supported the shift and the work and policies. I mean, he was the infrastructure for the crazy things I wanted to do. And <laughs> we had been talking, uh, and we can come back and talk about his, uh, Mike, we're going to talk about you as if you're not in the room. Um, what he did that supported the blossoming, I would say, of the organization. But we had been talking about compensation and began to feel kind of dumb. <laughs> so we said, let's bring in Mike, who I viewed as an expert, other than he infuriated me when I asked him about it. And he said, you can't get compensation, right? <laughs> I went, what? You're the head of HR. Of course we can. We'll get it there. But anyhow, it turned out to be wisdom. So, yeah. Bob, I'll turn it over to you, and then we will uh, enjoy talking. Well, I, I, I will keep uh, in in the spirit of talking as if Mike wasn't here. What, what I appreciated so much about Mike is he had such a uh, organizational perspective. Meaning, you know, you think about HR, you stay in your lane, you do your comp thing and benefits. Uh, what I really appreciated about Mike was whether it was IT infrastructure whether it was, you know, corporate organizational structure, whether it was how to market. Um, you know, we talk about top leaders, when they sit at that table, they have to take a, a, a company perspective. And Mike did it every day in his job, which he was an irritant, but he also made a lot of good things happen. Amen. He was, Amen. The, he is the weirdest combination of hail, you know, come on in, let's play, let's talk, let's laugh, let's play tricks on one another with a keen eye on the business itself and on talent. Yeah. He, did, he, did, he has a keen eye. So now we've talked about it. <laughs> Mike, you can go. <laughs> you can go. No, away. No, now I'm embarrassed and I just left. <laughs> I, I, I hate in introductions where you get built up so much you're like oh gosh i can't meet that standards i have oh, one well. word for you one word for you on the whole fun and and trick thing and that's disney world <laughs> but we won't go there <laughs> we will not go there um, I that story in certain places where people look at me differently <laughs> i do so there it's just it's just an eye a pirate eye patch <laughs> <laughs> so okay 
why don't we start? Uh, and Mike, th- this is going to be kind of random, so I apologize beforehand. You, when you were in compensation, you had a pretty clear set of I don't want to call them rules, but kind of what guided your decision or your perspective on compensation. Do, do you mind if we start there and kind of share what are some of the rules of the road uh, that sure. you had uh, as the head of comp? Let me start before I start with the rules. Let me start with what I always view it as the traditional perspective of why do you need compensation? And the purpose of compensation is simple. It's to attract and recruit people. You need to pay enough to get them. You need to pay enough to keep them. Um, But at the same time, you have a business that needs to be competitive and in some cases profitable and nonprofits, you at least have to be able to pay the bills. So the practices of compensation need to change based on whatever type of business you're in and where you're recruiting people. But here are my rules of compensation. There were two, and I added one after listening to your last podcast. Rule number one, compensation isn't fair. Don't pretend that it is. Rule number two, no matter what you do with compensation, you're going to piss somebody off. So make sure you piss off the right people. And the third one that I came up with after listening to your podcast for a little bit is uh, don't overthink it. Don't spend Mm. too much time on it. And don't talk about it unless you have to. And that's very much against my normal, our normal instincts of transparency. In compensation, you, anytime you bring it up and talk about it, you're going to irritate people. There are just too many perspectives and it's a very personal subject. People view pay as being the same as how the company values you or how your boss values you. And it's just too personal and they will in my experience, they, they hardly ever can see it from the company's perspective, no matter how many times you try to explain it. They just look at a $4 billion company and say, you can afford to give me a raise. Um, and it's very, very personal. So mm. that's kind of what I said. And as Bob pointed out last week, it's um, other than cost of goods, it's actually the, it is the largest variable expense that a company has. And in an industry with thin margins like, um, Grocery, you just can't afford to get it wrong. Um, and at the same time, there's a huge difference between paying people at the entry level when you have 8,000 cashiers versus having one CEO. Yet, yet the thinking has to be very different. And it's almost impossible to get it right. Um, so... Yeah. So I, so rule, rule number one, I, I find there's a paradox there. uh, Meaning I think most people would say, I want to be treated fairly. Okay. Or if you're making a decision, what, what is fair to everyone involved? And so I think there's this natural tendency to gravitate to being fair. And rule number one is, is that you're not going to get it right. And it's not fair. Tell us a little bit more about that. Let me give an example. Let's say that um, we're talking about the IT world and you have three systems analysts who you pay $70,000 to and you need to bring another one on. You do your interviewing and you do your interviewing and you find the exact right person, but the person makes 90000 What do you do? Not hire them. That's a mistake. You want to hire that person. You want to hire them and give the other three a $20,000 raise each. That you can't do from a business perspective. So it's so such a personal subject. I think it's mm. almost impossible to get it right. 
You know, there's a yeah. tendency, or it's in the air now, to talk about <clears throat> total transparency about what people get paid. And you would say, don't do that. No. Um, yes and no. I certainly would. I'd have no problem with publicly publishing ranges. I have no problem with that. Mm-hmm. Um, I wouldn't even mind paying all people in the same position the same wage. I'd be okay with that. But I know what you're going to say, because then you're going to say, well, how do you motivate them? No, I wouldn't mm. say that. I would say be a team. Be a team? Okay. Yeah. So now, now you're a team and you got those three systems analysts at 70,000. You got to hire the fourth one in. He's 90,000. What do you do? It gets so complicated. And it, yes, mm. it does. There's the other problem. You know, when yeah. you, do, you, do you pay a cashier in Maine the same as you pay a cashier in, in Raleigh, North Carolina? Can you? No. Is it fair if you pay more in Raleigh because you have to? Is it fair to the person in Maine? No. So I'm the mm. person that, that makes a 70000 versus the 90 yep. or whatever. And I come to you and I go, this is not fair. We're breaking this guy in. We're supporting him. He makes $20,000 more than I do. And we're doing the same thing. I am irritated. I, I'm, I think I'm going to go out into the marketplace. Okay. So at that point, there are other things you can do. Uh, in compensation besides base pay. So you want to, in my view, you want to get them to not think so much about their pay rate, their base pay. You want to think about other things. You talked in the last podcast about bonuses. I believe in, for the most part, I believe in bonus systems. You have to do them right as well. Um, But I also believe in spot bonuses that are very private. And he's, you know, I would say, Joyce, I know this isn't fair. We had to hire Joe in at $90,000. But over time, hopefully, we can make it right for you. And again, it's never an easy talk topic. Um, well, I've got, an, I've got an interview at blah blah blah. Should I should I go to it not, or not? Because there I'm entering, so they'll pay me ninety thousand too. Well, okay. Are you? Will you be happy there? Do you know the boss? So you want to keep them happy in other areas other than compensation. Yeah, yeah. So that's why we had things like stock options for store managers. Mm. Um, the purpose mm. was to make them feel included. And I don't mean inclusion in, in the diversity context. I mean included as part of a team. We had success share, which hopefully made people feel as, and there's some different ways we could have done that that we didn't, with store, store manager stock option, discounted employees to purchase, uh, stock purchase plans. Um, those are the things. And if you'd been here for a while, Joyce, you would, when I had that conversation with you, you probably have built up some of your stock options or yeah. stock purchase, and it's worth more. It's, it's a value that you've been here for a long time. Um, yeah. I, 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 go ahead, Bob. Go. Well, no, I, what you just shared, Mike, uh, kind of brought something up that we discussed last week, meaning that typically compensation folks are fixated on looking at the market. So what the like-sized companies, like industry companies, positions, and then literally, um, you know, mimicking, if you will, based on whether you wanted to be more than competitive, competitive, or have other value uh, aspects of the job. What you just shared about uh, stock options with store managers or the depth of success share, that was clearly intrinsically motivated by the company's values, not by looking at the market because other folks didn't do that. So what, what's the, you know, would you, the takeaway 
from some of the things that we did that were so contrary to what was happening in the market, if you agree with what I just said. <laughs> I do agree with what you just said, but the, the but you start with the fact that you have to be competitive on pay. You can't pay more, you can't pay less. And so, yes, you're constantly looking at markets for all jobs and you have to be, you have to pay enough, but you can't pay too much. Some companies will say, we pay more than market because because our people are better. That's probably not true. Other companies will say, well, our people are suck, and so we need to pay money, more money in order to get better. None of that's true. In, in my mm. view, you need to pay enough to hire the people. Uh, and then it's the other things that you do. And it, it with all the research will show you, it's the way you treat the people. It's the manager that makes a difference. It's never the pay. But if you talk about pay, you're going to get them pissed off. Don't talk about it. Mm. I try to get you, Joyce, I try to change the subject immediately with you when you came in to complain about it. And I talk about other things. I talk about, yeah. are you happy in your job? Are, you know, am I okay yeah. as your boss? I'm, you know, yeah. am I doing wrong? Yeah. Um, it's, it's I have to say bonuses. Bonuses slayed me because I came from the public sector. Right. <laughs> And I came in right at the time that there was a success share and a party in the cafeteria. And I thought, what is going on? And then I got a bonus. But even and the I bonuses, we screwed up. We had a good bonus system, but we messed it up. I, okay, now I'm being too candid. Um, because we would we would force um, distinction even in the bonus payoffs. We used to have 102% or 100% mm. or 98%. And when I worked with Kathy, it was very clear that we just rotated. I got 102 this year and someone else got 98 and someone else got 100. The next year it was the op. What a ridiculous. I remember telling her, I said, you made all this fuss for $98. That was the difference. Wow. It irritated me. That's, yeah. I think, when I came up with my rule number two. Well, and didn't didn't Hannaford try under Karen Mank oh, to do the transparency thing? I don't know. I know that Karen was really great. I, I think it was, tra Mike said something a little earlier that I think was really important. Transparency about the job classifications or the mm -hmm. scales, you know, so everyone should be able to go uh, online or back then on a piece of paper and see exactly what their position pays yeah. from, you know, entry level to season. I, I think transparency there is important. But yeah, I, I agree with you, Mike. I, we've all been victimized by wanting to have a conversation that ultimately pisses us off. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, 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 and you know, that transparency, excuse me, that transparency, you got everybody in the organization asking one another what they made. Yes. Yeah, I, I'll, I'll give you one where transparency worked. And I don't know whether it was you, Mike, uh, or Kathy, uh, but I think you probably all remember we would meet with the leadership group about stock options and stock purchase. And the way that we sold the value was not to explain the program. We would roll Jim McLean to the front of the room. And I don't know if you remember, it was brilliant because it, it, Jim we, he'd have a slide behind him that that literally demonstrated that in most given years, he made more on his stock than he yeah. did in base pay. And so that whole yeah. idea of, you know, don't try to explain the program, share a story automatically. Yeah. yeah. So I don't know who did that, but that has stuck with me. And, uh, uh, you know, I don't know why we picked Jim, but we did. And I these, don't remember. Yeah, I do remember that. I don't remember why we picked. I think just because Jim was just a relatable guy <laughs> he's yeah 
He's your everyday Joe. Yeah. But he's Jim. And Bob, your experience at Food Lion was that added, those programs had to change in an organization that was so large. Is that right? Uh, yeah. I mean, there, there were things that, well, first of all, there are things that Hannaford did, and Mike, you could speak to this probably even better than I can, that because of our size and scope just wasn't going to work. Um, yeah. But there are, there are things that we did at Food Lion, i.e., we used to pay people two weeks uh, or four weeks of, of extra pay as a holiday bonus that we couldn't take back to Hannaford. Um, you know, so I think it cut both yeah. ways. But it shows the difference how all of the programs still relate to the business design yes. of the company. Yeah. yeah. And we weren't going to give, at Food Line, we're not going to give away turkeys to every associate like Hannaford <laughs> probably has always done and probably still does. Oh, yeah. And I and I probably had that argument. I don't remember it, but I would have said, yes, you, you can afford to give that turkey to every single employee <laughs> because it's it's $20. And I yeah. guarantee you that you've got 80,000 workers at Food Lion. I know it's a lot of money, but you give them all the turkey in it. Every time they have that turkey, and you don't give cash, you give turkey. They, they can donate it if they need to, but every time they have it at their dinner table, they're going to talk to their family and gonna say, you know, that was free from Hannibal, or free, free from Food Lion. And now you've got not just 80,000 people happy, you probably got 320,000 because there's at least four people and so what a small investment. And that's a great yeah. example. Turkeys were done away with until I came back from Hannaford. I remember that. We put them back. Yeah. Mm. You're showing Joyce your and I talked to, we, love, we love the turkeys. We've talked about that before. <laughs> I'm carrying it home in <laughs> But don't oh. give cash. Cash goes away. Mm. <laughs> so anyway. Um, but I also talked that when I wrote to you about when you want to change the subject, you change it to, I'm, I'm now I'm talking more at the uh, board level. When you're talking about where do you spend the money? Don't spend it on extra salaries and pay more than market. You spend it on things like recruitment, like our R&T program. What an impactful program that was for not our company, but our end. Look at how many CEOs came from us. Look how many head of HRs came from us. It's astounding. Mm -hmm. um, but we hired intelligence. Who started that? Before I, before I was there, because um, well, Hugh was supposedly an RMT. Um, he was the first. Yeah, uh, but we expanded it greatly. While I, my first stint there, um, Bob, you might remember. Remember customer counts, Bob? Oh yeah, yeah. That I mean, you talk about a, a transformation of the organization. Yeah. Uh, you know, we, we it took us from a very uh, dollars and cents orientation about the business to focusing almost exclusively on the customer and kind of aligning our, our employees to to see it the same way as well. It was pretty powerful. And that was, and Hugh chose, uh, it was Paul, Rick, and me. And he chose someone from HR to be on that customer count as co-leaders of that whole thing. And that was his brilliance. He he realized the value of HR. Speaking of which, just your discussion last week, George, you made the comment, HR and organizational development always seemed like one down. Well, Did I say that? Yeah. And 
Yeah. Every area feels like they're one down. Every area, when you talk about compensation, feels like they're not paid enough, that they don't value us. Although in your case, Joyce, we didn't value organizational development as much as we should have. <laughs> <laughs> Made well, fun of. <laughs> no. This will, be, this will probably be edited out, but um, oh. I remember when I came back and I looked at Karen, I looked at you, and I looked at the contributions of both, and it was just this now, you were director and she was a vice president. That was wrong. Wrong. Mm. Yeah. I never felt, I, I can't believe I said I felt undervalued, maybe underpaid. Underpaid, not undervalued, underpaid. Yeah, I, I, I didn't feel undervalued because I didn't care much about my value in a funny way. I was more focused on what needed to be done. Okay. I mean, I was in a playground. I was in a sandbox, like, whoa, the things that we can do. And and there was some factor that uh, supported what I wanted or what I thought would be good. And I think it was mostly because it wasn't what I wanted. I always went around and talked and listened and created based on that. Yeah. But anyhow, just for the record... So, so back to the, the conversation side of things, yeah. um, when possible, steer the conversation to other things and put your money in the other things like we were just talking about with recruitment selection. There is, today, there is so much more technology that you can use to help select, believe it or not, attitudes and motivations. You mm -hmm. can actually select for them, just as we used to spend money at the executive level on the organizational psychologists to do their analysis. Yeah. Yeah. Um, spend the money on training. People are happy when they know what they're doing. One of the big differences between Hannaford and Tops, there was no training there. So people didn't know what they were doing at all. Cashiers didn't know how to do their jobs. Um, mm. Hannaford always spent the money on that. Um, process improvement. You improve processes, you will generally make people happier because it helps their job. Now, self-checkout, who knows? Management planning hated at Hannaford, but it was critical to what we did. If we didn't spend the money on management planning that we did in the attention and the time, we would never have been as profitable as we are. Spend money on individual development. When you spend money on people's skills, they feel, feel more valued um, and they get better. Communications in particular, if you can spend money on people's communication skills and give them models to just an amazing invent. That's what Hannaford, I think, did just so well. Um, organizational development, you guys are the pros on that much more than I am, but organizations go through change, uh, either because they're forced to change or because the change is needed. But most executive CEOs in particular, but most executives feel like they're totally capable of handling that change and managing it. Well, they're not. You need experts just as you need accountants to help you with finances. You need experts on how to change that organization. That's where you spend the money. And when you look at the interventions you guys did, it had amazing payback. So compensation is just a small piece of the picture and just ignore it. Don't look at it. Don't talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> talk about all those other things that you do and you'll have happy people. Mike, you're brilliant. No, you not. are brilliant. Yes, you are shush, 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 shush. And, and articulate. And it was just what we needed. So 
thank you. And we'll bring you back in for more if you're willing. Not on conversation, but on, on culture transformation. Because everybody's Absolutely. trying to transform, but they don't know even what they're talking about. So anyhow. Yeah. I've, I've got 300 more questions, but uh, I really hope that you'll consider coming back. <laughs> I'll listen to this one and see. <laughs> uh, we'll let okay. that we'll let that be the final word <laughs> say goodbye Great. everybody thank you guys it was very enjoyable oh it was so much fun thank you bye thanks so much for joining us today uh if you ever think the conversational and compensation is over uh i think the one thing that we learned even after talking with mike who shared some things that to me were kind of out of the box and uh, perhaps uh, counterintuitive, uh, but uh, we'll continue this conversation. So I'm going to set up next week. Uh, you know, we if you think about pay, it's an extrinsic uh, reward. You're like trying to motivate people to do their best work. Uh, so Joyce and I are going to jump into a conversation on uh, the distinction between you know, motivation from within versus uh, motivation from the outside in. So we hope you'll join us. And so until next time, be well and be safe. And oh, by the way, don't talk a lot about compensation.